Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Residual Whispers podcast. I'm your host, Sky, And I am your co-host, Brian. And every week we explore a new haunted location or paranormal occurrence from around the world. This week on episode three of Residual Whispers, we are bringing you the story of the Hellfire Club, the Devil's Lodge in Dublin, Ireland. You guys are going to absolutely love this story. It is so much more insane than I expected. And once I started digging into it, it just got crazier and crazier every step of the way. And if you're a Stranger Things fan, you might be envisioning Eddie Munson's D&D club here. But the Hellfire Club was a real secret society in the 1700s associated with evil and wickedness. Ireland is a beautiful, fascinating, and lush country, but it's also one of the most paranormally active in the world. Brian, do you happen to know anything about the Hellfire Club? I can honestly say that I do not. I am like everybody else, a huge Stranger Things fan, has been watching it since day one, so I automatically think Hellfire, Eddie, Dustin, Lucas, you know, all that good stuff. But um, I am actually also a eighth Irish, so... Uh, This is kind of a fun one for me to hear about. Yes, I figured that this would be perfect timing for this episode with how much everyone is enjoying Stranger Things right now, and I couldn't resist myself learning about the real Hellfire Club. So before we get started, I just want to give an overall trigger warning for this episode. This location has some very dark and disturbing history. This post will mention rape, human sacrifice, devil worship, and murder, so viewer discretion is advised. And if you feel the need to skip this episode, we totally understand. If you choose to stay tuned with us for the episode and you're not feeling the best by the end, we would like you to know that there is help available, the National Sexual Assault Hotline, for anyone who might need it in circumstances of rape, anything, 1-800-656-4673. We'd also like to provide you the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline, which is now simply just 988. 988 for anybody who could ever need it. Yes, thank you for that, Brian. So let's dive right into the history of the Hellfire Club. So sitting atop Montpellier Hill in in Dublin, Ireland, surrounded by forested trails and lovely views of the city, is the infamous Hellfire Club a shabby yet hauntingly beautiful stone building that has stood for over 300 years. It is about 30 minutes south of Dublin and has probably been inhabited by spirits from the very beginning of its construction in 1725 by William Speaker Connolly. He was one of the wealthiest men in Ireland and Speaker of the Irish House of Commons, who decided the location was perfect for a hunting lodge. Originally, there was an ancient Neolithic tomb on the hill with a cairn, which I discovered is like a man-made pile of stones um, that they would use for like ritualistic and protection purposes. Right. It was very sacred. Yeah. So William had zero consideration for this and destroyed the tomb. He even used some of the stones in construction of the lodge, including a standing stone as the lintel, which I guess is like the support beam Mm -hmm. across the top of his fireplace. Mm -hmm. So he was not worried about destroying this grave at all, which is terrible. Several months later, the roof was blown off during a storm, and locals believed it was the work of angry spirits seeking vengeance after their final resting place was disturbed. This was the first of many dark and eerie legends to come. After Connolly died on October 30th, 1729, 
the lodge was sold and became a meeting place for the Irish Hellfire Club. So if you go onto our website, residualwhispers.blog, and take a look at the post for this episode, there are two videos that I found that um, I felt would be really interesting to post for you guys. The first one is actually like drone footage of the Hellfire Club. And it's really cool because you can see like the whole hill that it's on. It just gives you an idea of what we're looking at. And surprisingly, it's actually really beautiful. Um, and then the second video is a team of archaeologists excavating that passage tomb that was destroyed. And they actually found some artifacts and stuff. Um, so that's also really neat. So we're already out. super deep in rich in history, rich in history. <laughs> yeah, of course. That's one of the really cool things about, um, you know, we're here in the U.S. and it's really interesting to look at haunted places from elsewhere in the world yeah. because um, the United States is less than 300 years old. Yes. And this location is over 300 years old itself. Wow. So the history, especially in Europe, like I feel like, the or, more you know, history, the United States history, exactly. And the more history there is, the more legend there is, the more things that have happened in a location, the more haunting haunted it is apt to be. Exactly. Um, so yeah, it's super intriguing to think about. As long as humans keep excavating and trying to remake obvious places that they should not be remaking, we will have haunted places, guys. I promise. Exactly. Um, and this, once you hear about it, you're going to know this is a place we do not want to disturb. No. So first, let's take a look at the Hellfire Club as a whole. Um, when I was doing research for this, I was blown away at the amount of information there is about the Hellfire Club. And I really had to try and separate what was most important to bring to you guys. So you've got to understand that the secret society known as the Hellfire Club wasn't necessarily one big organization with several branches, but it was more just a name used for several different clubs with members who held high ranks in society throughout Britain and Ireland and shared similar ideas. So basically they weren't connected, but it was like it started in Britain and the idea kind of spread and all these other people that heard, so they were, were all high society members. These were um, professors at Oxford. These were like royalty these were high-ranking people and um the the idea of the hellfire club started to spread and so as they made their own hellfire clubs they just kept the name so it was more the name of the idea so, than so, like the whole organization so basically all these high society members were taking this idea running with it and then making their own kind of like i guess following i guess we should say is a good word for it Right, exactly. Because, okay, so like when you think of the Illuminati, you think of one big creepy Which organization. Which Beyonce and Jay-Z are not a part of. <laughs> but you think of like one big organization. And this was more like none of them were connected. It was just clubs that all had a similar idea. Like they didn't okay. all, like a lot of the members were connected, but I know it's hard to understand. This is why it took me so much research. Interesting. But um, yeah, so the first Hellfire Club was started in 1719 by the Duke of Wharton, and he may have begun it with slightly less nefarious intentions. It seems clear that these Hellfire Clubs were originally created to mock the church. Christianity was spreading through Europe, and those with strong pagan beliefs or those who were against organized religion felt both threatened and outraged. They would not only dress as biblical figures and partake in immoral acts involving sex and alcohol, but they would perform religious ceremonies and satanic-inspired rites as an act of rebellion. 
The roots of the Hellfire Club were also political in nature. Being that the club consisted of members who were of high societal rank, power, and influence, they wanted to see what they could get away with and push the boundaries of what was morally acceptable in these private gatherings. The idea of the Hellfire Club began to spread, and similar clubs of the same name began meeting all over Ireland and Great Britain in different locations throughout the 1700s. This particular Hellfire Club on Montpelier Hill was started in 1735 by Richard Parsons, a man who was known for dabbling in black magic. So I find I do find that very interesting because, again, we're basically finding out that Hellfire Club is meant to be a giant fu to society, which was the church back then. The church was everything. The church was music. It was events. Everything went to the church for any problem they had, you know, any celebration they had. It was society. And so I really find it interesting. It's obviously brilliant and very fitting that the Duffer Brothers would name the Hellfire Club the Hellfire Club because Eddie Munson was the essence of FU to society. Right. And he was our super, super senior FU to society. And so it just, it's brilliant. It makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. And also, as we're talking about Stranger Things, like, um, it also was an example of the satanic panic in the 80s. And this was also a club that people, many rumors circulated that they worship the devil and everything. <laughs> but it may not have started with that intention. See, and satanic panic is a lot like reefer madness was for anyone out there. Reefer madness was basically a campaign set on by the government and everybody back then in the 80s and so on to basically claim that marijuana was of the devil and anybody who smokes marijuana is of the devil basically so hilarious coming to you from colorado (laughs) yeah so um basically like there was the main hellfire club that started in britain and then some of those rich high-ranking people told some other high-ranking people about it and they were like oh i'm gonna start my own club in my own location it's like a rebellious teenager like exactly And yeah, um, this was the time when Christianity was just making its way into Ireland. And so a lot of people were really skeptical about it. So it is mostly unknown what went on in these meetings, as they were obviously kept extremely private. What we do know is that they drank copious amounts of alcohol, played dangerous drinking games, participated in orgies and other quote-unquote non-virtuous sexual acts, and conducted religious ceremonies. The rest is rumor and speculation, but most likely rooted in truth. To give you an idea of the type of people who participated in Hellfire Club meetings, here's a notable few. Dr. Thomas Thompson, who was physician to the Prince of Wales, well-known poet Charles Churchill, Robert Vansittart, who was professor of civil law at Oxford, Thomas Potter, who was the son of the Archbishop of Canterbury, and even the Earl of Sandwich, who invented the sandwich. And also Henry Berry, who was known as Lord Santry. And we should mention he murdered three people, two of which he burned alive. So these are the types of people who were a part of the Hellfire Club. It's wow. literally shocking. I mean, the uh, being like that professor of civil law at Oxford. And that, see, you telling me that does kind of remind me of one other kind of reference. So I don't know if you've ever seen Disenchantment. No. Disenchantment is a Netflix original from the creators of The Simpsons and Futurama. It's basically set in medieval times, and we're dealing with Princess Tiabini, who's like an alcoholic princess who doesn't want to be a princess and like all kinds of crazy stuff. But 
you know, in the style of The Simpsons and Futurama, there are, there are advisors to the king that have a weird little club that meet and like have orgies and like do weird yes. stuff together. And so I'm starting to think that the weird little club and disenchantment may have been loosely based on the hellfire club. Right. And a lot of secret societies operated on this kind of premise because it was like, especially think of these people, they're nobles, they're high members of society and certain things are expected of them. Yep. And we're in the 1700s when I mean, there's a proper way to do things and there's an improper way to do things. And so behind closed doors, they wanted to push the limits of what they could get away with. And being that they all had a lot of influence, especially like that guy. And power. Yeah, like Lord Santry, if you get a chance to look into him, there was so much to include that I couldn't include his full story here, but he's the one who burned two people alive. Um, he got off with murder two times. He got away with it because of his high status. And he wasn't actually arrested till after the third murder. So That's these are crazy. people who felt they could get away with anything. Because well, because they, they could. Were. Right. Um, so, yeah. So rumors began to circulate that the members were Satanists and devil worshippers. It is said that the president of the Hellfire Club at Montpelier Hill was named King of Hell. And he would dress as Satan with horns, wings, and hooves. And that they would set a place for the devil at their meetings in hopes that he would join them. They would hold black masses in the lodge, sacrificing cats and even human servants. That's legend. It's We're not totally sure it's true, but people do believe that they committed human sacrifice in these meetings. There are even rumors of rape and torture. Legend even says that the lodge was set on fire on purpose in order to enhance its hellish atmosphere. Another twist on the legend says it caught on fire when one member, Richard Chapel Whaley, doused a woman in alcohol and set her on fire. It seems the Hellfire Club had a lot of members who were also pyromaniacs. I don't know what it is. They're all obsessed with Fireman. Like one of the drinking games, as, we, as I mentioned, they played dangerous drinking games. They would literally play this silly game where they would stand as close as they possibly could to the fire in a circle, as close as they could all get to it. And they would drink and drink and drink until they were smashed. And then they would try to get closer to the fire to like see who would like collapse first or like who would like fall into the fire, like weird stuff like that. So See, they just like fire. Almost had something like that happen to me in college, but we were just stupid and see who could hold their hand over the fire the longest. So don't do that. <laughs> so that's basically like it for the history of the Hellfire Club up there. It's really unknown what was actually happening, and it's that's mostly crazy. all rumor. Yeah. Um, but there, nobody knows for sure. It's basically like Fight Club. Exactly. Talk about Fight Club or- and it seems to be that there's some kind of validity to the idea that they were... I mean, obviously, we know that they were dressing as um, characters from the Bible in order to, you know, make fun of the church. So it kind of makes sense that the the head of the club would dress as Satan. And who knows if they were sacrificing. I mean... It, it's a crazy story. I am not the most religious gay boy in the world, but I will never dress as somebody from the Bible to mock them. <laughs> yeah. No, it doesn't seem like that good juju. No. <laughs> yeah. But um, there are a few extremely interesting legends that surround the Hellfire Club from its time. But it's not solid history. We can't confirm any of this is true. But these are legends that the locals of Ireland around Montpelier Hill have been sharing for hundreds of years. 
So let's go over a few of them. You guys are going to, it's going to be unbelievable. All right. So the most well-known legend of the Hellfire Club in Dublin um, is the most insane. One evening, a stranger arrived at the door of the Hellfire Club and the members allowed him to join them for a card game. They felt like something was off about this stranger and questioned where he had come from. When one player dropped a card and bent down to retrieve it, he saw that the stranger had cloven hooves instead of feet. Realizing that he had been caught, the stranger mysteriously vanished out of thin air. So they literally think Satan was there. Yeah. Remember how we said that they would set a place at their table for the devil in hopes that he would join them? Well, this is the story that says that the devil actually made a visit to the Hellfire Club. Insane. Insane. So um, the next legend that is well known, a young farmer curious about what occurred at the club was invited to sit in on one of their meetings. He was found the next morning, trembling and terrified, unable to even remember his own name. The young man never spoke again and remained mute for the rest of his life. It's been one hell of a party. Yeah. So that's an interesting one, but there's four well-known legends here. And, um, that is crazy though. Yeah. Pretty like to insane. claim you saw the devil's hooves. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Now the third most well-known legend about the hellfire club is that another curious man visiting from another town decided to investigate the hellfire club for himself. He went out into the night, and the next morning he was found dead. Convinced he had been murdered, the host he was visiting and the local priest went out to the Hellfire Club. When they entered, they discovered a banquet laid out, as if there had just been a feast inside, and a cat as large as a dog circling the table. The priest decided to perform an exorcism. <laughs> you guys should I see I know Brian. this one. <laughs> I know this one. I've heard this oh, one. Oh, man. It's like... As large as a dog, really. I mean, it's it's crazy. So, I know this one. I've heard this. Yes. So the priest decided to perform an exorcism and used holy water, which tore the creature to shreds. Outside, the host was found lying in the grass, his face and neck unexplainably and deeply scratched by claws. So interestingly enough, there's a building known as the Stewart's House at the bottom of Montpelier Hill, known as another very haunted location and rumored to be the new meeting place of the club after it burned down. So after they either set the place on fire to make it more creepy and felt like they couldn't use it anymore, or that guy set that lady on fire and they burned it out, burned it down, whatever the case was. Um, it's rumored that the steward's house became the next meeting place for them. So they basically moved down the street from their original venue. Exactly. Which I find extremely weird because why would you burn down the one place that's like your place? You know what I mean? Like exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's a stone building. So, like, it's not burned down, it's like a but pizza oven. it's, yeah, it's pretty, like, when you see it, like, the stones are black, like, it's definitely been, fires have been lit in there, and so I think they just kind of got their use out of it, and the next place they went was the Stewart's house. So, in 1968, Tom McCasey noticed a large animal outside and opened the door to discover a similar large cat, which has become known as the Killicky Cat. He painted an extremely creepy picture of the cat which hangs in the house to this day. 
Was this the same cat that the priest and host encountered at least a hundred years beforehand? So like a hundred years later, the new owners of this place, long after the Hellfire Club are gone, apparently they were doing renovations on the house. And this Tom McCasey guy, he saw something move outside and he opened the door to discover that same large as a dog sized cat that he and everyone decided to call the Killikey cat. And that is when Thackeray Banks started using steroids. <laughs> and I think to this day, it's rumored that people still, still see this strange cat. That's it's cool. like a monster in in the it's location. It's one of those OG cat legends, black cat legends. Yeah, and so in 1968, this is the picture, Brian, that he painted of the Killikey oh, cat. Oh, it looks adorable. It's- just want to go up and pet it. No, you don't. You guys, check out this picture on residualwhispers.blog because um, I am a dog guy, and this picture has made me more of a dog guy. (laughs) Yeah, it's like really creepy and disturbing. The cat has yellow eyes. It looks angry or sad. I don't know. No, it looks like it's hissing. It literally looks like it's hissing. Yeah, that's fair with its like ears down. It looks like it's hissing. Yeah, that's totally true. So you guys got to go look at it. It is so weird. Um, But, you know, this legend about the host and the priest and this man who was killed by the Hellfire Club, this whole third legend we just talked about, it seems way too far-fetched to be true. They walk in and there's a banquet table set out and all these dishes on the table and this cat is alone in there just circling the table. The priest puts some holy water on it and it like explodes. But then over a hundred years later, someone else reports seeing the same cat and other people have reported seeing it. To think that that legend could even possibly be true is it's just a wild one. Um, So those are the main legends that surround this place. Um, So we don't really know what if that is true. But as I said, those have been passed down for hundreds of years. So naturally, what remains of the burnt out building today is believed to be haunted by the ancient spirits of the disturbed grave and the victims of the Hellfire Club. And if the club really were devil worshippers, it's likely they summoned a demon or two who might still be there today. There are even stories of banshees in the woods surrounding the building. And it's said that if you hear the scream of a banshee, it's an omen of death. So that just adds to the whole creepy atmosphere of this place. The woods are haunted as if well. If you hear any kind of haggard screeching woman, you should probably take that as a not great sign. Yeah, definitely. That something's about to go down. Yeah, banshees are definitely um, terrifying. But it always makes me think of Sindel from Mortal Kombat. That's immediately Love. who I picture. <laughs> Love. So remember, the Hellfire Club sits atop a hill in an area that is meant for hiking, picnicking, and cycling. So it's very easy to visit this haunted location, and there's no permits or permission required. Visitors report strange smells, such as that of burning flesh, eerie disembodied voices, well-dressed apparitions, and even appearances of black cats hanging around the property, perhaps ghosts of those who were sacrificed by the Hellfire Club itself. People have also been physically touched and pushed. Of course, there's often evidence that people are visiting at night to practice rituals and dark magic. So if you do decide to go check out the Hellfire Club for yourself and you go at night, definitely be careful and be on guard because a lot of weird people be visiting in the middle of the night to wreak havoc. Don't be disrespectful and stupid. Yeah, definitely not. Um, 
And like during the day, this place is absolutely beautiful. So because it's surrounded by these trails, like people will just picnic around it. Like it's not as creepy during the day, but like people still report activity. But at night, it's like, it's pretty terrifying. There is a whole view of the city though, which is really nice. But yeah, it's a creepy place. So as usual, there are a lot of videos and websites about activity caught at the Hellfire Club. If you want to look deeper into this location. So on the website, I attached three of the most interesting like videos or evidence that I could find about the Hellfire Club, and there was definitely a few good ones. So the very first one you're going to see on there at residualwhispers.blog is a creepy EVP. Actually, there's two of them that were caught inside the building by an investigative team known as Kips. And apparently at the very beginning, like they were about to take a break. And right before they like shut down the recorders and everything, they captured this voice. So they didn't notice it till later. And then the first one was caught when they were setting up. So Brian, I'm going to play these for you. definitely sounded like a very clear get out to me yeah definitely so at the beginning there you like hear the investigators talking they're getting ready to shut everything down and then that voice just comes in so that's super creepy it obviously sounds like it is not a very nice spirit and that's kind of creepy to keep in mind that it said that right as they were getting ready to power their stuff down exactly yeah like like it was ready for them to leave wow um so this is the second one that they caught when they first set up their equipment one of us yeah so go listen to it for yourself and see what you think but they think that like at the beginning there as you're hearing the investigators talking in the background once again the voice comes through and says take one of us see and that one was a little bit less clear to me than the first one was the first one i definitely heard get out like right away without even looking at it that one i definitely had to look at what it was saying i couldn't quite make it out so yeah definitely the only thing that you can tell for certain is that something is there that wasn't supposed to be um but if you have an idea what you think it said um go ahead and leave us a comment we would love to hear from you and shout out to kips for the clip and the investigative work yeah definitely um i think they were local investigators too which is pretty cool so in the second video on the website, a local girl from Ireland explores the, el- the area of the Hellfire Club with her friends and captures an interesting photo that can be seen at the very end. It looks to me like a long sleeve with a fancy cuff and a hand resting on the banister. Um, you can see that picture at 21 minutes and five seconds in the video, so you're definitely going to want, unless you want to watch her explore you definitely want to go straight to the end. Um, but Brian, the picture basically just looks like you see the banister and first she takes a picture of it and there's nothing there. And then in the second picture, she snaps seconds later. Mm. It looks like a hand on the banister that is covered by like a really fancy sleeve. Oh, like wow. like from like a nice coat or dress or something okay. from that time period. That. I could kind of see yeah, that. Yeah, so that was super intriguing to me because people do report seeing apparitions who are wearing like nice clothing. So that's super interesting. 
go check that one out. And then lastly, the very last video I put on there is a YouTube ghost hunter known by the name of Amy's Crypt. And she does an investigation at the Hellfire Club. So in the video, um, a couple of minutes between 6.48 and 11.08, she uses a spirit box, which immediately starts giving intelligent answers to her questions, including replying with murder when she asks, did you perform satanic rituals? Spirit boxes are crazy. They're probably my creepy little paranormal investigative team equipment that I like always kind of like makes the hair stand up on the back of my neck. Not only because like it's recording real time EVPs basically, but the fact that it's like literally this little box and it just plays static. Yeah. It just and makes creepy noises as it is. until yes. it gets the live EVP and it just like, you're already sitting there kind of on edge. And it's, uh, yeah. So I totally agree. She uses the spirit box for like four minutes in the video. So just go check it out for yourself. Um, but the interesting part is she says, did you perform satanic rituals? And seconds later, a voice comes through and just says murder, like really sternly. Um, so yeah, those are the couple videos that I found to share. And of course, we have to mention it, guys. Ghost Adventures did visit this location too. So it was a Halloween special and they investigated multiple haunted places in Dublin for the episode, including this one and the steward's house that we mentioned. So as usual, they caught some intriguing things and Aaron claims that something with long nails grabbed his ear, describing it as being touched by the devil himself. Um, so you can stream that full episode on Discovery+. Plus. It is Season 12, Episode 5. And not surprisingly, they are the only major paranormal investigation team to visit this location that I could find. There's another extremely well-known Hellfire Club location called the Hellfire Caves in England, and the original Ghost Hunters, or TAPS, did visit that one in 2007. So props to the Ghost Adventures team, because they have seriously just been everywhere. But in the episode, I mean, Aaron was really upset and he said something grabbed him to the point that he was crying. So as usual, it's a really interesting episode and I do recommend you guys check it out. And once again, this is an Aaron Goodwin fan club. (laughs) It's so true. Um, So if you do want to check out the Hellfire Club for yourself, you have to take a little trek into the woods and up Montpelier Hill. You can take a 5.5 kilometer trail known as the Hellfire Forest Loop or a less rigorous four-kilometer trail called the Montpelier Loop. So it is probably a really beautiful walk, but you have to like park at the parking lot and make your way up there. So if you ever do visit, just keep that in mind. So as we were talking about in the beginning about just leaving these places undisturbed and not learning their lesson, I actually came across an article from 2020 stating that there was talk that they might build a treetop sky bridge visitor center, and a cafe alongside the Hellfire Club at Montpelier Hill. But luckily, it sounds like most of the locals were against it. So as we said about Pavalia Island, leave it alone. Didn't we learn from Mr. William Connolly's mistake that this place is better left untouched? I mean, he literally disturbed the grave, built the lodge on it, and then all these terrible things happened. So what do you think is going to happen if we start building things on the land around it now? Maybe we're just a mainstream kid that doesn't know too much about history. Didn't poltergeist teach us? To not do it. Leave it alone. (laughs) Yeah, but like I said, luckily it seems like most of the town is against it, and it doesn't seem like anything's moved forward in the past few years. Nothing good can come from disturbing residual and negative spiritual energy, especially when we've already seen what those forces can do. And just one last interesting fact to share with you about this location that I found. It's pretty silly. So in 2006, 
dozens of people gathered at the Hellfire Club in Dublin to wait for the potential coming of the Antichrist on 666. Mm. So they, a bunch of people literally gathered here thinking that just like it was rumored, the devil himself was going to show up because it was the date was 666. So that's pretty hilarious. And so that's pretty much it for the Hellfire Club of Dublin, Ireland. Extremely creepy place with extremely creepy history. We don't know how much of it is true, but we what we do know is that some pretty unsavory things went on there that likely cost the lives of at least a few people. So maybe take a hot bath, listen to a happy song, and do some self-care because I know that that was a heavy one. Yes. <laughs> It was. <laughs> oh, my Lord. All right. So once again, guys, if you are feeling a little heavy after this episode, please feel free to reach out to those resources provided at the beginning of the podcast. Other than that, it has been a wild ride. This was a dark place. It seriously is. And we'd love to hear your thoughts. So feel free to hit us up on Instagram. Leave us a comment. Um, we would love to hear what you thought of the infamous Hellfire Club. As usual, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Residual Whispers. We hope you enjoyed this story because we really enjoyed bringing it to you. Remember to check out all of the information, images, and videos on the website at residualwhispers.blog. And we'll see you again next week for our next paranormal location. My name is Sky, And my name is Brian. And don't forget, if it feels like there's somebody there, there probably is. Bye. Thank you for being a part of the Residual Whispers community. This podcast was created, written, and hosted by Skylar Daniels, co-hosted by Brian Grace, and edited and produced by Michael Liddell. You can check out all evidence, photos, and stories at residualwhispers.blog. You can contact us with your own paranormal stories, comments, or questions by sending an email to residualwhispers at gmail.com. We'd really appreciate it if you followed us on Instagram at Residual Whispers blog and help us grow by subscribing to the blog to receive notifications every time we post. We hope you enjoyed listening and we can't wait to share our next paranormal story with you.